Are you ready to take control of your wealth and design the life you envision for yourself and your family? Welcome to Wealth of Insight with Austin Wittenberg from Wittenberg Wealth Partners. Austin guides you through the entire planning process to help you build a plan that seeks to protect your financial future. He empowers you with creative investment opportunities and planning ideas to help you understand and achieve your long-term goals. It's time to gain confidence in your financial future. Now, onto the show. Welcome back to the Wealth of Insight podcast. I'm your host, Austin Wittenberg, and I've got my co-host with me again today, Wendy McConnell. Thanks for joining us, Wendy. Thank you, Austin. We're looking forward today to having a discussion about our 2023 outlook as it relates to the economy, stock market. You know, a lot of the questions our clients are starting to ask about what next year might look like here as we wind down 2022. Wendy, let's get right into it. What kind of questions do you got for me? There's been a lot of stock market volatility this year. And You're some not kidding. People, yeah. <laughs> some people are saying that we might be going into a recession. So where do you see the economy heading next year? The R word, recession. Yeah. We've yeah. had a lot of conversation about that. And this it's the perfect time to have this conversation because this is really the time of year where all the major financial institutions are putting together their forecasts, and we can just try to aggregate everything there. So we definitely expect the economy to slow down even a little bit more in 2023 from what we've experienced here in 2022. If we're looking globally, we're looking at the global economy maybe growing in about a 2% range. So I think that's an important thing to point out is we're still not seeing negative growth across the globe, just slowing growth, which is really what our Fed and a lot of the other global financial institutions have been trying to drive that slowdown to, to attack that inflation problem. A lot of the global numbers end up being driven by ultimately what happens in China. So we're not going to spend a lot of time globally. Let's focus more. If we just look just at the United States, we still, we are forecasting GDP growth year over year to be just a half a percent. And really the target we like to see there is in that two to 3% range for the US GDP. So we are seeing slower than what we'd like to see, but a lot of that we're expecting because along with that, we're anticipating inflation to be back down in a three and a half percent range, which is heading a lot back more towards normal. Whereas this year we've been six, seven, eight, we're starting to trend back in the right direction. So we're that slowdown will continue into 2023, but we that will help us get inflation under control. And is that going to lead us into a recession is still anybody's guess. And there's still plenty of people even now that feel like we're in a recession or that we've already seen one. But as we look at things, if there is going to be a recession, and at this point, it's probably more likely than not, but nothing's guaranteed here. If there is going to be one, we anticipate it probably earlier to mid 2023, and certainly not as deep as what Maybe people are remembering from 2008. Not that recession was brought on by really a fundamentally flawed financial market, which we're not seeing today. There's certainly all sorts of issues out there, but we're not seeing the a fundamentally flawed financial market to drive a recession like we saw then. And there's a few factors as we think about recessions. We're looking at what is the how deep do they go? Is it going to be as deep as 2008? Not likely. And how long will it last? And since World War II, the average recession has been about 10 months. 
And since in 2022, some people are still wanting to count some of this. Really not all the warning signs have been going on. So we're really starting to head that way with the housing market doing what it's doing that's heading into driving this recession is the high housing costs and the slow wage growth that we've seen this year on a real basis is driving that slowdown. And we're finally starting to see that come into play with the housing market. And since people spend about a third of their income on their housing, if that's that's a lot of that, the higher rents and things are driving the slowdown. So that's what I think as we get into 2023, if there's going to be a recession, it'll be early, shouldn't be too deep. And you know, we'll get into this a little later, but this is a perfect example of when the economy and the stock market are different, right? And they move sort of in different ways. And a lot of that is just in the short term, what is inflation going to do? And what does that look like? And, you know, you, you've mentioned inflation several times. It's been a, a big topic of discussion all of this year. So are we going to get any relief coming in 2023? And how do we know if we will? So we've started to see this sort of slow decline here the last few months where it is heading in the right direction. And as I said earlier, we're really anticipating that number for 2023 to be in the three to 4% range, which is still a little bit higher than what we would like, than what the long-term average is. But I do think we're going to start to see some relief there. You know, we're continuing to see improvements in energy prices and seeing again, more and more coming through this COVID. I think we're far enough past COVID that we've worked through most of the supply chain issues and things that happen there. So we will continue to see this downward trend in inflation because the supply constraints are leaving, energy prices are coming down. And really what I'm talking here is really just in the United States. Globally, there are still plenty of places. For example, Germany's, their inflation is still continuing to climb. So there's Definitely countries out there still struggling with inflation. Globally, we're anticipating global inflation to, to slow to maybe a 5% level, whereas in the US, three and a half to four, which will get us back headed in the right direction. So that was a long way of saying the answer to your question is yes, I do think we'll start to see some relief there from inflation. What is the long-term average for inflation that we'd like to get back to? Yeah, the Fed's sort of in that 2 to 3% range, I think. When we're building financial plans, where we sort of estimate a 3% annual inflation number. So we're just going to be slightly higher than that. Okay. Speaking of the Fed, they've been using rising interest rates to try and slow down the economy. So how much further do they need to go? Yeah, well, if it was me, I would tell them to stop already. But I do think they haven't really said too much about exactly when they may stop. But our expectation is that early 2023, that they will put a pause on these hikes that they've been on and let things play out for a few months there. So our expectation is early 2023, they'll pause the rates and let things play out because we're starting to see the inflation improving and the job market, really what the Fed's been raising rates for is to try to slow down inflation and it sounds weird to say, but drive unemployment because the drive if they can slow down the economy and unemployment sort of a part of that, that really can help slow down the inflation problem that we've had. So in, in early 2023, we expect that to pause and let them now see the results of what 2022 and all the raises they've brought on this year. 
Can you expand on that a little bit for me? Like, I'm not really sure how, and you had just mentioned the unemployment or whatever. How does the rising interest rates correlate to slowing down the economy? Just yeah. dumb it down for me, Austin. <laughs> I will try to dumb it down as much as possible. So a lot of companies and where we've seen the rising interest rates impact, at least companies primarily, this year has been more on the tech side of things because a lot of these companies are funding their research and doing a lot of things using debt. And so when the debt, when the interest rate on their debt goes up, their costs go up. And so they don't do quite as much. So we're seeing hiring freezes or they're laying off people or whatever it may be, because their cost to operate their business using this financing is just more expensive than it was. So then that, that just trickles down through their business. So that's, so that's the business side. On the real estate side of things, you've seen it basically bring the housing market to a halt because now mortgage rates and the Fed rates aren't directly linked to each other, but they do tend to move in the same direction. So when rates go up, buying a house gets a lot more expensive. And for this, for most people we've seen this year, about a 30% or so reduction in their purchasing power for a home just purely based on the difference between being able to get a mortgage at, you know, in the threes versus now in the sixes or so. Right. So all of those things just, it slows down those different parts of the economy, which, you know, trickles down. Unfortunately, a lot of that may end up in unemployment for people in certain industries because those businesses are just more expensive to run. So it's kind of a, an after effect of what they're trying to do. Right. Unemployment. Yeah. Yep. It's one of their, the Fed's two things that they pay attention to are the employment rate and the in and inflation rate. And those two things and interest rates is the lever they have to pull to try to manage those two right. things. They can't go in and start firing people. So that's right. It. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Could you just, imagine? <laughs> they just try to force businesses out of business instead. All of the offices <laughs> are talking, it's coming in today. Who do you think is going to get it? Right. How can we expect the stock market to react next year. And I want you to get out your crystal ball and yes. put on a little genie hat. That's right. If only, if only. And that, as I mentioned earlier, that this is going to be a perfect time to help the average person understand that, hey, the economy and the stock market really are two different things. I think most people, or a lot of the time, people get them conflated that when the economy is going up, the stock market goes up and vice versa. But because the stock market's looking forward and these economic, like a recession is a backward looking thing. We know because we look back six months and say, oh, we've slowed down. So when we're thinking about what the market may do in 2023, if the Fed does ultimately pause interest rate raises, and that will be, I think, the key to the market recovering or not will be what the Fed decides to do from an interest rate standpoint. But if we expect if they pause that in early 2023, then we will we likely will see the stock market move quickly, move higher. And we're not expecting a full recovery in 2023, but to start making headway there. And we've seen that even just on the slightest piece of good news interest rate wise over the past few months, the market will maybe sometimes only for a day or two, because then they things change. But if they do pause, we would expect the market to head back in a positive direction. Historically, through periods of interest rate hikes, they've the market has typically grown about 10% or increased by 10% a year 
from that last rate hike. So if we look at historical time periods when interest rates were rising, and then when those interest rates peaked, and we take a look at that, and then look one year later, typically on average, the market's been up about 10% over that time. So if we're pausing early 2023 into 2024, if we're just looking at averages, we'd expect a 10% growth over that time period. Now, important to know, obviously no guarantees here and averages aren't always the best way to look at things because there's going to have been some high and some low. A few times that it struggled, that the market has struggled coming out of these interest rate hike cycles is early 2000s when that was followed on by a tech crash. So the market didn't do too well during those years. And in the early 80s, when they were dealing with some of the same issues we were dealing with, the market did struggle coming off of those, off of that last interest rate hike. But some other interesting things that we're looking at, and not all of these necessarily we're making investment decisions based on, but they're, I think, fun statistics. So that following a negative year, so if you look at any year where the S&P 500 has been negative, on average, stocks have gone up by an average of 15% following a negative year with and positive in 15 of the 18 years we've had. So since 1950. And since 1950, a down year was only followed by another down year. It's only happened three times, which was 1973, 2000, and 2001. So those are the three times we had a negative year followed by another negative year. So it is pretty uncommon that we see um, these negative years like we've seen in 2022 continue to stack on to each other. And we've had a lot of talk about bear markets in the stock market this year as well. So another just fun statistic that after losing 20% or more in any at any point in time, so we've seen that this year where the market has come down 20%, the S&P 500 has gained an average of 17.6% over the next 12 months. So those are just, if we look historically at periods of volatility like we've seen this year, there's a lot of indicators that would say coming off of these bad years, we tend to move in a higher direction. And as we look at the S&P 500 specifically, our target for the end of 2023 for the S&P, it's going to be in, a, in the 4,400 to 4,500 range. We started the year January 3rd. This year was at 4,797. So not all the way back to where we were in January, but that puts us in that 15% or so range from where we're at today. So this could be potentially good news for our 401ks next year. Yes. Yeah. My best piece of advice is probably just forget your login until December of 2023 and look at it again then. And it will look a lot different than hopefully than it does today. I have to back up that advice. We just checked recently. It was not good news. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so wait. Yes. Just don't do anything. And uh, hopefully we'll see something different in just a little bit of time. That's right. So bonds have been primarily for people who are more conservative that want to invest. But it's been a really bad year for bonds. And it's really something that hasn't happened in a long time. Yeah. You know, as we look at our more conservative clients, you're buying bonds because you think they're safe. That's sort of the way they're marketed, but there is some risks in bonds, interest rate risk being one of one of the biggest risks and what we've seen this year with how quickly the Fed has had to raise rates. 
that bonds have really suffered. Really, it's about the worst year in the last 50 years for bonds. So it's something that we just haven't been used to for most people's investing life, right? They haven't seen this type of performance out of their bonds. So we do think that 2023 is going to be a better year for bond investors. And especially it's provided an opportunity where for the last decade or so as an advisor, for our clients who wanted some sort of income, bonds really haven't been a good place to go because rates have been so low. So we've been having to do all these other things. So bonds look really attractive today. If you just got cash and you're thinking, what should I do? Now, if you already own bonds and they've come down, it does take some time for those bond values to recover. And back to this is sort of with the Fed and interest rate thing. The hope and the the market expectation at this point, at least, is that they pause rates in early 2023 and that rates may start coming down in late 2023, early 2024, which will help bond investors. So we have a we put together a chart, and I'll throw this. I'll put this chart on our website. I'll let them. Um, and we'll be able to put the link here in the show notes. But if we looked at just hypothetical return scenarios based on interest rates. So if we look at just the aggregate bond index, so that's just a basket, a well-diversified portfolio of different types of bonds. If there's no change in interest rates from where they are today, we'd expect about a 5% rate of return in bonds for that average for the aggregate bond index. If rates continue to increase, if they increase by another half a percent, then that changes from 5% down to about 3.9. On the flip side, though, if we see bonds come down by half a percent rather than a 5% return, we'd expect closer to maybe 9 or 9.5% for bonds. So there is there is some wiggle room both ways where we still think it can be a positive year for bonds. And for anybody who's bought bonds that are maturing, they can now reinvest at higher rates. And if we get just a little bit of interest rate relief and rates continue to come back down, then it could be hopefully a little bit of a quicker return for bonds. As I said, one-year treasuries look more attractive than they have in a long time as that cash alternative. So we're starting to see a lot of clients wanting to move at least from cash to treasuries and knowing that if we just, for those clients that already own bonds, that the future is brighter. Uh, coming off of this down year, we're really seeing, unless the Fed really has to get more aggressive with rates and continue that that rate rise, we should see a much better year in bonds for 2023 as opposed to 2022. And that, I think, as a whole, as we're thinking about our client portfolios, it's really going to be this return to balance for 2023. For the last few years, because of low interest rates coming out of COVID, there's been all these things that have really shifted a lot of investment and a lot of the growth over all sort of really siloed in the tech sector. And there just hasn't been a lot of good diversity in our economy and in the market here recently. It's been really one thing will drive it versus the other, as opposed to everything across the board growing at a more traditional pace, I guess you could say. And that's really what we what we expect in 2023 with bonds looking more attractive than they have, stock prices being down. So from a valuation perspective, the stock market's at a more normal level, which is because of how high and how quickly it had gone. The stock market was really expensive. So we're seeing this 
bonds are attractive, stocks have come down in cost, just overall a sort of rebalance of the portfolio and rebalance of the economy to be a little bit where diversity and the diversification really can have an impact. All right. I have one more question. And is it I've kind of always been under the impression, and it may be completely wrong, that bonds and stocks go in opposite directions. Is that accurate? Not accurate? That is accurate. Historically speaking, over long periods of time, they have stocks and bonds have been known as what's called negatively correlated. So stocks go down, bonds go up, vice versa. There's really only a handful of times where stocks and bonds have been both negative in the same year. And this happens to be one of those years. So this is an outlier. Historically speaking, as you look across, again, if you go back 50 or 100 years and look at all of those years together, the stocks and bonds traditionally do move in different directions. This happens to be a year where that has not been the case. And it's because the interest rate you know, I can't say this has never happened before because it's obviously happened before, but this rate environment that we've been in isn't too common. And when rates go up, bonds go down. So the confluence of events that led us this year where, hey, stocks and bonds, most likely here recording this late 2022, it's unlikely that either one of those two things get positive by the end of the year. So this will be sort of an outlier. In that regard. Great. Just lucky, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Just one of those years. Hopefully this has been helpful with a few of the statistics and things we've talked about. It. I'm hoping that our view really is that 2023 should be that return to balance, like I mentioned, and that we should see things. We've rounded the corner here and heading back in a positive direction. Hopefully this was some good information on what we expect for 2023. Sounds good. Um, we want to wrap it up for me, Austin. Yeah, hopefully this was helpful. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me at 801-839-7056. You can text me at that number. You can also go to our website, wittenbergwealth.com. And as a reminder, also make sure you subscribe and share with your friends and family. Thank you for listening to the Wealth of Insight podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advice offered through Stratos Wealth Partners, a registered investment advisor. Stratos Wealth Partners and Wittenberg Wealth Partners are separate entities from LPL Financial. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Wittenberg Wealth Partners. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.